One. Welcome to Centuries of Sound. Two. This is part nine of a mix of original sounds from 1943. Three. The mix with all 12 parts is available to supporters at patreon.com slash centuries of sound. Thanks for listening. Early in September came the second in the series of Churchill Travels, the Quebec Conference, at which the Premier conferred with President Roosevelt and Mr Mackenzie King, Canada's Prime Minister. On the anniversary of the day on which Britain declared war on Germany, the Allied invasion of the Italian mainland began. General Montgomery's gallant 8th Army landed on the soil of the lesser partner of the Axis. It was to prove the shortest invasion in history, for on that same day came the Italian capitulation news of which was broadcast by General Eisenhower to the four corners of the earth. One sentence told all there was need to tell. The Italian government has surrendered its armed forces unconditionally. Admiral Cunningham called on the Italian fleet to sail for Allied ports. Most of the ships did, for Italian reaction against their former masters was breaking out. This was the start of her revenge for being kicked around by the Nazis. Today, the 3rd of September, we enter the fifth year of the war. And today, the 8th Army, having fought its way from Egypt to Tunisia and then crossed the seas to Sicily, has landed on the mainland of the continent of Europe. We have a good plan and air support on a greater scale than we have ever had before. There can only be one end to this next battle, and that is another success. Forward to victory. Let us knock Italy out of the war. Por l'amor della nostra signora, don't leave me here to die. I swear I work for you. I don't drink your water. I don't eat your food. I... Compassione. Don't leave me here.
nonchalance. My hands are clammy. I'm scared. What are you trying to do, be funny? The lights went out. Someone screamed a vile, ugly curse. Little Willie started the phonograph. His favorite song. No one paid any attention at first. Then suddenly the salesman jumped up. Did I tell you never to play that blasted thing again, you punk? I'll show you. You punk! You punk! You punk! You punk! You punk! You stupid little punk! He's going off his head. Yes, Leave me alone! Baby, but I can't lose 
not a clown can't lose. With this key I knew I makes it around To my class, baby, every night I makes it around I mean to my class every night program came to you from New York. The green light flashes on the control tower. That's the sign. It's our turn to go now. We're fourth to go. And the whole of our four engines are giving out a full-throated roar as we start to slowly gather speed down the mile-and-a-half-long runway. Ahead of us, with the third aircraft already airborne, we can see the port and starboard lights shining like red and green stars in the dusk. We are racing to join it, gathering speed now all the way past the control tower. Just a little group of ground crews giving us a wave as we disappear now, moving rapidly all the time. I'm just looking up. We are still on the ground. It takes all this time to get off. But now, at long last, there we go. We are clear. We are airborne and on our way to join the stream of bombers making towards Berlin. Hello, Navigator. Hello, Bombardier. We're crossing the coast now. Thank you. Bombs fused. Bombs fused. Uh, hello, Navigator. Skipper here. Nav lights off. Thank you, Skipper. Hello, Skipper. Hello, Regunner. There's a Lancaster passing on the po starboard quarter. Starboard quarter. How far yeah. away is he, Regunner? He's about 500 yards. Okay, just watch him, will you? Okay. Uh, hello, Navigator. Hello, Skipper. Uh, you might put down in your log that there are several contrails about, will you? About 500 feet above us, I should say. Uh, right there, Skipper. That makes them about 19,500. Right? I should think so. 19,500, yes. The English coastline now lies right below us. We can see little of it. The darkness has closed in, and only the eye of faith can detect the difference between the sea and land. We know it's there. Our bombs have now been fused. From now on, they're alive and dangerous. We're crossing the coast in good company. Another Lancaster has been reported, moving just like a dark shape away over our broad starboard wing. There's no light at all now. All we can see is the white, faint parallel beam of a solitary searchlight. Uh, okay, chaps. Uh, we're at 8,000 feet now. Oxygen's on. Hello, Skipper. Bomb aimer here. Oxygen on. Okay. Okay, Bomb aimer. Engineer here, Skipper. Oxygen okay. Okay, Engineer. Navigator okay, Skipper. Okay, Navigator. Wireless operator okay, Skipper. Okay, wireless off. Mid-upper okay, Skipper. Okay, mid-upper. We're gonna okay, Skipper. Okay, we're gonna. Thanks very much. Hello, Skipper. Will you turn on to course 105 magnetic? 105 magnetic. Okay, navigator. Thank you. Running on now. Now we're well out over the sea. We've seen nothing of the other Lancaster since we left the English coast. We've lost our moon, too, that new moon, 
and everybody here in F for Freddy is thankful to see that go. I'm standing forward at the pilot seat, and right forward of me, Bill, a six-foot bomb aimer, is curled up in his compartment, surrounded by perspex glass. And uh, it looks as if he might fall out of it at any moment, but he's well and truly fixed there. But right in front of me sits Scotty, our little flight engineer. He's just peeled off his coat because we're getting pretty warm forward here. Used to be a cinema operator in Glasgow, and I got a, a pretty affection for Scotty because he assured me that I'd be pretty safe in his hands. Uh, can the pilots sits by him, the green glow from his instrument panel, just lighting up the outline of his face, and then behind me, hooded out with a blackout curtain, we've got a little oasis of light in our blacked-out bomber. And behind that curtain, Con, the navigator, he's an Aussie from Brisbane, has just got his ruler out over our maps. He's pinpointed our position. I'm looking behind the curtain, and I see we're drawing a little nearer to the enemy coastline than I thought. A sparky, the wireless ops in his cabin behind Con. He's got his musket out over him. It's a little white doll. And he's keeping his eye on Reg Pidsley, our BBC engineer, who's crouched behind him over his turntable with just a tiny pinpoint of light to help him cut this disc. The first time a disc has ever been cut and a bomber heading for Germany. And then behind Reg, we go out into the darkness of the long fuselage of the bomber. There we've got our mid-upper gunner. Well, uh, he was in advertising before the war, and he's the last man I can see, just the outline of his head. So I look along in the little glass bubble of his turret. There's one man out of sight, whom uh, a great deal depends. It's Dev, the rear gunner. He's a Sussex farmer. He doesn't say much. In fact, all we've had from him on the intercom is everything okay, Skipper. But that's a very comforting sound, because when Dev says it's okay, it is okay. Every one of us is wearing his oxygen mask, and the snout and the close-fitting flying helmet reduces our faces to a sort of complete uniformity. We find it difficult to speak. The oxygen comes in, we keep blowing it out, puffing a little. We're well, we're high up now, and we've got to use oxygen for the whole of our flight. We've got our May West on, and they're padding out our figures into strange shapes. And we're continually talking on microphones, plugged in throughout the aircraft. And now as I speak, the roar of the engine is continual, and nobody speaks much. We're looking out all the time towards the enemy coast. We're due over it far too short a time for my liking. Thirty in their cone, and in it they've caught one of our aircraft. Up goes the flak around him, bursting in vivid flashes. Now there are winks from the ground down below us. The raft may be after us because the searchlights are starting to move away. They've left that... Yes, they've left that other bomber, and they're moving now slowly towards us, feeling for us all the time. They're pumping up the flak in a steady stream. The first thing we can see now is a wall of searchlights. The thirties we saw as we came in over the coast but they're in hundreds, in cones and clusters. It's a wall of light with very few breaks. Behind that wall, there's a pool of 
fiercer light. It's growing red and green and blue. And over that pool, there are myriads of flares hanging in the sky. That's the city itself. And there in the heart of the glow, there goes a bigger red flash, the biggest we've yet seen. That must be the first of the, the big 4,000 pound bombs going down. Our pilots put the nose of the length down and we're tilting away. The furious angle up comes our starboard wing. It's hidden that Lancaster now. Okay, Skipper, cutting. Okay, Reg, carry on. Hello, Bombardier. English coast should be coming up now. Will you tell me when we cross it, please? Okay, navigator. I'll let you know when we cross it. Thank I can see it coming up ahead now. Thank you. Uh, nav lights on, Skipper. Okay, navigator. Nav lights on. Skipper Red, Skipper Red, can't our uh, good friend the engineer give us a little bit of a song? Yes, one of our planes was missing with all its gallant crew. The radio sets were humming, they waited for the word. Then a voice broke through that humming, and this is what they Coming in on the wing and a prayer. Coming in on a wing and a prayer. Though there's one more gone, we can still carry on. Coming in on the wing and a prayer. What a show. lower and lower and then you get yourself against the dark background down below and when you're about 50 yards away from him you lift your nose and just press the button there's a blinding flash and explosion things hit your wings and then there's a spout of flame that falls quickly towards the earth 
and down goes one more German night raider. I don't see how you look as well as you look after all these experiences. Do you agree at all uh, with uh, Exupery about uh, what happens to you actually when you really face death like this? Doesn't it make you feel different entirely? Doesn't well, it change your attitude to living afterwards? Oh, I don't think so, no. Not, not much. The time when we really face death, and we knew, I mean, normally you don't know when you're going to die, you see. No. You, you always think that it will not happen to me, but... That, that raid on the dams was the one time in, when, you, when we knew that uh, we were going to die or not die, as the case may be. Yes. You know, the hair yes. which was hanging on our life was very thin. Yes. And um, then there's just a feeling of funny, empty feeling in the stomach, but we're not frightened. No, we're not frightened, but I was just thinking that it, uh, you get a different appraisal of life afterwards, don't you? I don't think you I don't? have, you know, John. No? no. I'm seeing to living a pretty happy life. You look very happy. Mm. All right. Well, it seems to me that that is the very finest sort of, um, well, prophecy, if you want, of the future. It seems to me we're moving in the direction of a sort of common democracy. Yes, it's a very controversial point, isn't it, really? Yes. This is the Home and Forces program. Here is the news, and this is Frederick Drysewood reading it. Two hours ago, Italy declared war on Germany. A proclamation by Marshal Badoglio brands the Germans for savagery against the civil population and says there can be no peace while a single German remains on Italian soil. Italy's new step has been acknowledged in London, Washington, and Moscow. And so we left the teeming little village and struck out into the mysterious jungle. By native grapevine, we had learned of a tribe of ferocious man-eating cannibals who held in their midst Mamo, a beautiful white goddess. After hacking our way through the dense undergrowth for hours, we finally came into a clearing. There in the moonlight was Mamo, surrounded by a group of half-crazed savages chanting the Song of Death.
policy of hitting the Jap wherever he is, wherever possible, to do him the most damage. It was an attempt to neutralize these important bases. Let's see what's going on down in Pine Ridge.